0: Welcome to this God inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we humbly come this morning and we lift before you, Lord, the body of Christ across the globe, your bride, Lord, and we pray, Lord, for every place in this, over, the, over this planet, Lord, that's, as believers are joining in homes and in public places and sometimes hidden, but wherever believers are meeting today to celebrate the resurrected Christ, Lord, to lift up your name, to celebrate the cross, we thank you, Lord, for your peace in those, in those places. We thank you, Lord, for your grace to abound. We thank you for your protection by the blood of Christ, Lord, we pray against every assignment of the enemy right now. We cut off every assignment of the enemy that would seek to to kill and steal and destroy in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that the power of the gospel will prevail in this day. We thank you even in this day that many lives will be added to the Lamb's Book of Life. Many lives will respond to your call, Lord. We respond to your gospel, God, in Jesus' name. We proclaim that in this day, Lord, Many will call on the name of the Lord and be saved, Lord, and above all else, we proclaim and we declare that your name be glorified, Lord, that the the name of the resurrected Christ be exalted and celebrated in this day, Lord, across the globe, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that your will be done and that your kingdom will come in every nation, in every city, in every town, in every family today, Lord. Let your glory manifest itself, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, hallelujah. Thanks so much, appreciate that. So a blessing to share the word this morning. I'm going to try and be brief. i to take some time at the end to have communion together. In fact, I I felt that we we should have all the the families do communion together at the end. So we're going to give some time for that so we can go and get the children at the end and and have families sit together and have communion. Um, But let's let's, uh, pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your presence. Hallelujah, Lord. It's such a privilege for us to draw near to you, Lord, and to... Experience your presence like this. So we open our hearts, Lord. We thank you for your, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher, Lord, that you are the one that leads us into all truth, and we yield our hearts and our minds to you this morning. Have your way in us and through us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Such a blessing to be able to take time, Uh, if you think about it, what a blessing it is for us to have public holidays on these days, to be able to take time and stand still and meditate on the cross, meditate on the work of the cross. So some of us, meditate, meditation feels like a, a bad word. But, but as opposed to many other forms of meditation, Christian meditation means that we fill ourselves. Instead of many other, meditation means you empty yourself and then open yourself up to all kinds of dodgy things. Christian meditation means we fill ourselves with the scripture. We fill ourselves. We allow, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, and we fill ourselves when we immerse ourselves in in the in Christ, in his word, in the presence of, of God, in and in, in the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So it's such a great time to do that and to Stand still and look at the cross. I watched a, little, a part of the, the Passion of the Christ even uh, yesterday, and um, yo, just think so good for us to really stand still and think around what what actually happened. And uh, it's uh, uh, you might have remember a few weeks ago I mentioned that it's so important that we don't regard the cross and the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news around Jesus and the cross, the work of the cross, that we don't regard that only as the kind of the, the first step. Sometimes, I, you know, I believe sometimes we make that mistake. We think, okay, the, the, way, the way that I came to salvation is like the first step. The cross is like the first step, and then I graduate beyond that, and I graduate to more, you know, deeper and more profound truths, and as i as I progress in my in my maturity, I kind of leave that stuff behind, and I almost forget about that, and I kind of progress towards deeper things um, but I believe the cross is not the first step; the cross is like the hub in a wheel it holds everything together i mean it's it's central to every doctrine it's central to our faith in in god it's central to our life in christ and we it's so great that we are able to make you know spend time just looking and beholding the cross i mean and um it's uh if you think about what what happened leading up to the crucifixion of jesus, um you might remember that there were there were a few times when Jesus had altercations with the religious leaders, and there were a few times where they were Kind of They were plotting all through to to kill him, and there were once a, there was once or twice where they literally were were wanting to you know take him and kill him right there and they, but then once or twice Jesus just kind of walked away, knowing that it was not yet his time and then we see this this few these few days leading up to the the crucifixion and and those few days around the cross are crazy days crazy highs and lows specifically those following christ a, a couple of days full of m- massive contrasts massive um ups and downs and yeah and if you if you look at how jesus was received in were laying down um their cloaks before him and they were wor- they were basically praising and worshiping him and welcoming him him as the king into Jerusalem, and just a couple of, just even hours, just just a short time later, we see this absolutely uh, anticlimax almost, you know, we see the people expecting and hoping for, even the disciples to a certain extent, hoping for a, a political leader, a political figure that would, uh, a deliverer that would come and lead them and deliver them from the Roman rule, the Roman oppression. So they were hoping for that. They had expectations for that. And we see that massive anticlimax happening. Because this king that they were welcoming in was now being taken captive. And now he's tried. And he's in front of the rulers. And he's, he's being punished and beaten and he's tortured, and then there's those moments before Pontius Pilate, and and the crowd is crying for the life of Barabbas, a a clear, you know, convicted murderer, somebody that deserves to be there on death row, and then Jesus, with no fault, no sin, and then the crowd chooses to have Barabbas set free, and they're calling for Jesus to be crucified. This massive anticlimax, this hope of a, a king and the liver completely dashed, you know, smashed to pieces at their feet. They can't believe this. They don't know what to do. Um, I want us to just read a few verses around those last moments that we see um, as this happens. <clears throat> Let's look at. Matthew twenty-seven, verse from verse forty-five. So this is even after when he was, he was crucified, and he'd already been on the cross for a while. Then at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, "Eli, Eli, lema sabacthani," which means, "My God, my God, why have you abandoned me?" Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran. And filled the sponge with sour wine, holding it up for him to drink on a reed stick so he could for him to, on a reed stick so he could drink. But it, the rest said, Wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. And Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, tombs opened, the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead and apparently they left the graves after the Jesus resurrection and they were seen by many in the city we see this this absolute darkest moment in history and if if i if you think about it this this was you know coming from that place of euphoria. Jesus is being recognized. He's being welcomed. as king the disciples were celebrating and uh, many who have followed him we're, were excited about this. And then to this place of, of there he is on the cross which is the most horrific way and the most despicable way to die. The most despised way to die. And we see this massive contrast happen and um In that moment, I'm going to get back to the the curtain being torn. But if you think about it, all the powers of darkness, all the powers of hell, of Satan, of every demon, all of them rallied together to try and kill the Son of God. And they all brought everything they had. And this is the culmination of this them all the power that 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 the hell had to offer, everything they had, they rallied together, and for a few moments they thought they had won. For a few moments they thought they had won the victory, because there he is on the cross. He was beaten. He was punished. He was he was um, tortured to to a place where some some. You he you would have been an extremely strong man physically to be able to endure that kind of torture and then still make it up the, up the hill most of the way carrying the cross and having some help with that and then actually being crucified. By the time he was crucified, he was probably already um, close, close to death. In fact, he, he was on the cross a lot shorter than most criminals would have been. Um, so for the moment, all of hell and all of darkness must've thought, wow, we've, we've actually got this. We managed to, to, we managed to wipe out the last hope for humanity. And then we see that, (laughs) but God, but God's plan was not yet finished. Amen. God's plan was not yet done. And, uh, Let's go on to uh, see what 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 we what happens here at the cross before we get to the, re- the resurrection. Now, at the cross, there was this there's this great exchange that happens. And I'll just stand still there for a moment. There's a picture of this great exchange in Zechariah three, uh, it one to four. This vision that Zechariah sees, and he sees a vision of the Yeshua, the high priest, interacting with the Lord. And and let's read from verse 1. He says, Then the angel showed me Yeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Yeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Yeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there. Before the angel. So the angel said to others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Yeshua he said, See, I've taken away your sins, and now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. See this powerful picture of that represents us, you know, standing before the king in filthy garments. and our our sin, and our our sinful nature, and our depravity represented by this filthy rags that he has on there, and then we see that he says, I've taken away your sins, I'm, I'm taking away these filthy rags, and I'm giving you new, fine new clothes, I'm giving you, I'm taking away your guilt and your shame, and I'm giving you something much better, I'm giving you a new identity i'm giving you a new robe and uh, we see the same thing happening in the the story that jesus tells about the prodigal son that returns the son that went to squander all his inheritance and he lived amongst the pigs literally and then he he realized that if he had, if we would just return home he could even as a servant he could he could do much better so he decides that he was going to come and for, you know ask for forgiveness from his dad and And he resolves just to go and be a servant for his dad. And he he gets home, and we see the similar picture. We see the father, his father runs to him. We see his father forgiving him. And we see his father celebrate him, taking off his filthy robe, filthy clothes. You know, he literally lived amongst the pigs, so he must have, you know, been quite filthy. And he took off all us that filth, and he gave him a new robe, which signifies that identity. And he gave him a ring on his finger, signifying that authority that he wants him to carry on his behalf. And he gave him new shoes, new sandals, signifying that the destiny that he had that was lying ahead of him. In a similar way, we see this powerful exchange happening at the cross when Jesus, when each of us coming before Him, and this is the, this is one of the, I suppose the most difficult things for us is that we come before Him, we, He sees everything. He sees us for everything. He, we can't hide anything from Him. And He takes, and as we bow before Him, as we yield our lives to Him, He takes away the filth, He takes away the shame, He takes away our sin. And He doesn't only take it away, but He restores. He gives us new identity, He gives us new, Robe of identity gives us, he restores to us and he gives us an an authority that we have in him. He restores destiny to us. It's a powerful exchange. Let's go to the next scripture. First Corinthians 5, verse 19. He says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them, And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak of Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So he takes our filth and our shame and he puts it upon the perfect Lamb, Jesus who knew no sin. Though he was tempted in any imaginable way as we are, he had no sin. And he took upon himself our filth, our shame, our guilt, our condemnation, our filthy rags. And in, a, in, he, in that moment, we receive his royal robe. Amen. The robe that identifies us as children of the Most High. Children of the King of Kings is this exchange that happens. And for a moment, I want us to think of a, there's a, there's a few things that, that keep us from this, from receiving, from actually re, seeing this exchange. It, although it is already finished, you know, when Jesus died, he's, you know, he, when he gave his last breath, some of those translations clearly say that he cried out and he said, It is finished finished the work, he's paid the price and still yet there's it seems that somehow even as believers we act like there is something that we can still do for our redemption still sometimes we we find ourselves trying to either punish ourselves or try, we feel guilty about stuff still we Act in a way like we have not, like the work is not finished, and we somehow, it's, 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 if by not by not receiving God's grace and by sometimes not forgiving ourselves, right? We don't, sometimes struggle with that. Somehow, we think we can add something to the cross. Maybe we don't think it, but we, by not receiving that fullness of. Forgiveness, it's as if we want to add something to the work of the cross. But Jesus says it's finished. You and I cannot add anything to the cross. I mean, isn't that good news? He's finished that work for us. He who never sinned became the offering for our sin. So what are some of those things? And I just felt them my heart that even in our daily lives, there's some things that keep us from the resurrection power in our daily lives some things that keep us from walking in the reality of the great exchange that has already happened i'm going to trust that as we just we're gonna um watch a video clip now and i'm really trusting that as we watching this clip and as we allowing the truth just to minister to us i'm really trusting holy spirit to press on our hearts if there are if there are places where we are not walking in the full resurrection power of Christ, where we are somehow missing out on that, and I'll I'll mention a few of those things a bit later, but I'm gonna trust just to pray through those. What are those things that keep us? It might, might be certain areas in our lives that keep us from really experiencing the resurrection power of Christ in abundance in every area of our lives. But let's um We're going to get the lights now and then we're going to watch this. It's a few minutes, so please stick me there. And I want us to really take a moment to quieten your hearts and uh, allow the truth to minister to you.
0: The cross. Meant to horrify the world. It was meant for humiliation. It was meant to last for days. It was meant for slow asphyxiation. It was meant to prolong torture. It was the Roman soldier's job. It was meant to be used by Caesar, but instead, was used by God. It was meant to stop a movement, but instead it became the way. It was meant to act on fear, but instead it awakened faith. It was meant to be vicious and violent, but instead it became the seed. Si- It was discourage rebels. It was meant to stop insurrection. It was meant to put down Jesus, but instead it set up his resurrection. It was meant to jeer and mock him, but instead it was his glory. It was meant to erase a chapter, but instead it became the story. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead it raised up a king. It was meant to shut our mouth, but instead it's why we sing. It was meant to be a judgment but instead it became our mercy it's why the song of heaven is the lamb the lamb is worthy it was meant to kill an enemy crush dissenters and diversion but instead it became the banner of God's love for every person it was meant to be appalling nailing hands and feet to wood it was meant to be used for evil but instead it was used for good was meant to be a symbol of God's assassination but instead it became the symbol of Jesus's invitation come to the cross instead of sin and stain you are meant to be made clean instead of being forgotten you are meant to know you're seen Instead of being ashamed, you can leave behind your guilt. Instead of feeling empty, you were meant to be fulfilled. Instead of being broken, you are meant to be made whole. Here, Calvary is calling. It beckons you. Behold, come to the cross. Instead of being an accident, you have a purpose and a plan. Instead of being abandoned, you were chosen by His hand. For all who've said, I can't, God has said, I can. No matter what you've done, the invitation stands. Come to the cross. Instead of being doubtful, you are meant to know your father. You are meant to be his son and you are meant to be his daughter. You were cherished from the start. You are always in the picture. Instead of being a victim, you are meant to be a victor. The result of Jesus' blood, salvation has arrived. Instead of being dead, you are meant to be alive. cross it was meant to signal death but instead it's a sign of living it was meant to be the end but instead it's our beginning
1: So in this place where all the power of hell came against Christ, they couldn't hold him. there. they couldn't, they couldn't hold him down. They couldn't kill him. And I believe this morning, even this, the Lord holds before us that invitation. That in each of these things, that we receive the invitation to to see the fullness of the cross manifest in our lives. And and I want us to, uh, we're going to take some time to pray in a moment, but I want to encourage us that as we go into the rest of this weekend to, to think of, are there places where we are not walking in that fullness of the work that Christ has finished on the cross? Maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's, you know, maybe you're in a, in a place of desperation about something that you're wrestling through, and you've lost sight of the victory that Christ has won. Maybe it's a, a battle that has been going on for ages, and, and somehow you've been believing the lies of the world and the lies of the enemy, and somehow you're finding yourself in a place where you're either clutching at other things. But you're not relying and you're not looking to the fullness of the cross. And maybe you and I are have a moment. And I just want to take moments even this weekend say, Lord, in this area, I'm trusting in you again. I'm choosing to look to your finished work. I'm choosing to say, Lord, thank you that what was meant for destruction, even in my life, you want to meet. You've meant it for good, you've meant it for glory in that moment that Christ breathed his last breath that the curtain that separated the temple from the the holiest of holy place where only where the presence of God dwelt was only there was only one or two there was only the high priest that could go in there, so only one person that was appointed. Go in there, representing the nation. But from that moment that Christ paid the price, that curtain was torn, not from the bottom, not from a human side, but from the top, God said this, this, this separation is gone now. Through the death of Christ, you and I are able to freely and boldly approach the throne of grace. Through Freely and boldly run to him. In time of need, to receive that grace in time of need. Let's just to read two more scriptures and then we're going to have communion. If some of the, actually let's just read this one before we go get the children. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this and behold, the behold two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he's risen. Sometimes the way we live, the way we uh, uh, accept the assignments of the enemy in our lives, the way we just kind of uh, happy to just, opt for survival, it's as if we forget that Jesus is risen from the dead. He's not there anymore. He's not in the tomb. He's the risen king. And finally, Romans 8, 11, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. That same power, that same spirit lives in and through us. And I believe there's that same invitation this morning. For some to come to the cross for the first time, but for some to come again and to lay those burdens at the cross. I want us to stand and just pray through this for a moment before we've Bring the children in. If you can stand for a moment, thanks. If you're here this morning and you, maybe you've been around church or maybe this is your first time and you, but you know right now that you have not yet Receive that fullness of the cross in your life. Maybe you're aware right now that you're not right with God. I believe God is extending an invitation to each one this morning saying, My son, my daughter, I have prepared for you an abundance of life in relationship with me. I've given my son, my only son in your place to pay for your debt, to pay your fine, to pay for your sin and your shame, to pay for everything in your past and everything in your future that separates us from Christ. He's paid for it all. If you're here this morning, you've not yet accepted that gift and you've not yet responded to that invitation to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, then I believe He's extending that invitation. And I would love to pray with you. As every, let's just close our eyes for a moment. If you're that person this morning and you know that you want to make right with him this morning, you know this morning you want to lay down your life, die to yourself, take up your cross, and follow him as Lord and Savior, it will be my great privilege to pray with you this morning. And even if you are In a place of relationship where you've had some kind of relationship with god in the past but right now you know you're far from him either one if you're either one of those i want to ask if you'd be really bold to raise your hand for a moment i'd love to pray with you that's you and you feel far from god if you know today you want to follow him if you know today i want to you want to choose to follow him as lord and savior Why don't you raise your hand for a moment, and I'd love to pray with you. Is there anybody like that? Thank you so much. Thanks for your boldness. I want to ask those that have raised their hands to lower them for a moment. I want to ask you to be really bold, and at the end, maybe even while we're having communion, we're going to pray together, but I want us to pray just as a group together, and just again, bring our hearts before before the Lord just just come again to him I'm going to lead us in a prayer for your love for us thank you that you love me Lord thank you that you've given your son in my place I confess today Lord I am a sinner I cannot save myself I need a savior. I lay my life down before you this morning, Lord. I turn away from my sin. I choose, Lord, to follow you as Lord, as King and savior. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And that God has raised him from the dead. I no longer belong to myself. But I belong to you, Lord. I'm not in control of my life anymore. But I follow you, Lord, as my Lord thank you, Father, that I can hear your voice, that I'm your child, that I, from this moment, I can have absolute assurance that I have eternal life, that I'm born again. Encourage you if you pray that prayer for the first time that are well, we gonna have communion in a moment um, to come to the front even if you if even if you've recommitted your lo- your life and even towards the end we're gonna be praying for people in the frontier to really be bold and to come and pray with somebody just to to cement in your heart what God has done in your life today Amen. But let's take a moment and as the children are coming in <clears throat> Can we can we hand out the communion as well? I want us to make little groups. Um, if you if you if you're not here with your family, maybe join groups of two or three, or maybe four, maybe four max. <clears throat> let's just make little groups and let's take the communion and take a moment to to pray to to remember the blood of Jesus. <coughs> the broken body of Christ is signified by the the bread let's thank God for his broken body let's thank God for the blood that was shed for us and let's do that in our little groups together please and then we're going to just pray for some people towards the end I mean it's going to be a bit chaotic now but that's fine and if you need to just for a moment remind the children what it's about please take a minute or two to do that we're basically done with the service Let's just trust for some holy moments as we as we celebrate the cross. Thank you so much.